Good evening, everybody. Episode 78? 78. That doesn't sound right. That sounds low. 87? 87 sounds right. 87. We're going to go with that. Episode 87, folks. Welcome. It is January 20th, Wednesday, 7.35 p.m. I recorded my intro earlier and I messed up. I had the mic on mute, which is just so unfortunate because it was really good. I can't promise that this one is going to be as good. We're going to talk about, obviously, something you may have heard of is the inauguration of the new president of the United States and the vice president, Kamala Harris. Now, listen, I... I understand everyone's feelings. I'm going to go over it tonight. I'm going to try to help you through this. And, you know, it's hard for me to kind of spit it out myself. And according to Kamala, it's hard for her. Okay, that that's not right. That's not right. That's not, I had to make one more joke. It's only like less than 12 hours old here, okay? I understand she's the vice president. I have to respect her. I apologize and I take a knee like she has done many times in her life. I can't stop. I'm sorry. I, I felt and during that situation, one good turn deserves another. I did it again. Oops, I did it again. It's a Britney Spears song, not a Lady Gaga, but I tried a segue that would work to get myself off the Kamala things, but it just crept up behind me like most of her lovers. Oh! <sighs> Folks, that is the vice president of the United States, and I must be respectful. My parents raised me better than that. I have to be better. And I apologize to the vice president of the United States. I will not do it again. And I am very sorry. So we will talk about vice president, vice president Harris. We will talk about president Biden. We'll talk a little bit about hypocrisy. We'll talk about the inauguration. We'll talk about Colin Kaepernick and the Betsy Ross flag, which is why are we bringing that back up? Well, that's going to be an interesting tale and I can't wait to get into it. And we're going to talk and poke fun a little bit of an at Lady Gaga. Now, please don't consider myself sexist here. I, I don't consider myself that way, but I know I picked on the vice president. Now I'm going to pick on Lady Gaga, but I actually adore Lady Gaga. I love her music and I love what she does. So bear with me as I do the intro jokes. And I've got three of them for you and none of them are good. And I must warn you, that's the way this works. The first one is interesting. How does Lady Gaga like her sushi? Anyone? No? Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> so bad. <coughs> oh, so bad. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because Lady Gaga was wearing it. The meat dress? No? Okay. This last one's pretty good. This morning, Lady Gaga had to get up for the inauguration to sing the national anthem. And the hotel manager had called once, twice, three times early at the wake-up call and no answer from Lady Gaga. As her manager went to go get a croissant and a cup of coffee, the manager recognized her manager. The hotel manager recognized her publicity manager. And said, ma'am, ma'am, I have a question. I've been trying to wake up Lady Gaga, and I'm, I'm having a problem. She won't wake up. She goes, oh, well, that's simple. She won't wake up by the phone. He's like, well, what do we have to do? He's like, well, you have to go in her room. And she goes, I have to go into Lady Gaga's room? He's like, yes, and then poke her face.
rah, rah, rah. Oh, so, so bad. Folks, what the hell am I doing here and who am I? And you're wondering why you're watching this show. Well, my name is Matt and I'm with Don't Unfriend Me. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because I believe America will be fine. We are going to survive this. If we can survive Carter, we can survive Joe Biden. Just remember and trust me. If you don't know who Carter is, you're going to be fine. That just proves it right there. Well, my name is Matt. I've said that earlier, and I'm with Don't Unfriend Me. Here is my name. And making you laugh and cry and think about things you normally wouldn't is my game. I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. This is episode 87. I think it's 87. I'm pretty sure, but you could check on Facebook.com. Go over there. Throw me a like and a follow, please. It means a great deal. We're ready to hit 3,000. It's amazing. We are growing so very fast with your help. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Also, you can hit me up on YouTube. That's growing as well. We just eclipsed 100 people, which is really kind of hard because getting followers on YouTube is extremely tough. And for all of that and all that information, you can go to donutfriendme.com, which is easy to remember, and visit my site anytime, say hello, and stop on by. Well, what are we doing tonight? Well, first, let me get my handles underneath me so you can remember to visit these places after you love this show and say it's the greatest. Folks, can we start leaving comments and actually weighing in on the show? If it sucks, tell me. If it's great, tell me. Actually, I actually enjoyed the QAnon people who downvoted me on YouTube. It was nice to have some form of life, even though it was negative feedback. It still helps me grow. So if there's something I could do better, if there's something you like about the show or you think I'm on point or I'm off point, just let me know and that will ultimately, I probably won't change, but at least you'll feel better about yourself that you told me off or that you told me I'm doing okay. All of that helps. What are we talking about tonight? Well, it's going to be an interesting show. After spending upwards of $500 million on this inauguration, and understand in the past, most inaugurations fall between $100 million and $200 million. Obama, excuse me, President Obama and President Trump both fell under that that number. $500 million was spent. Why? Well, because it was an exuberant amount of money, plus security with COVID and everything else, changes regulations, you need more personnel, but you obviously have to have tighter restrictions, tighter security. The National Guard was there with no rounds in their weapons, which was interesting. And it kind of feels like a big dog and pony show. That's something that we were told was going to happen, ultimately happened. And I'm going to show you the video, and it's terrible and horrendous. And I hope you understand that this is not for the young and faint at heart. There is no cussing, I believe. There might be a word or two that slips in. But the terror and sheer destruction will last forever in this nation's infamy. And I'm going to play it for you right now. Burning cars and smashed windows. A small group of protesters dressed in black, their faces covered, armed with hammers and bricks. The anger reaching a boiling point in the nation's capital after President Trump took the oath of office. Police in riot gear facing off against the protesters just six blocks from the inaugural parade. Facing off with thousands of officers on site, many in riot gear, confronting them with flashbang grenades and pepper spray.
horrible, just horrible to see that violence and that insurrection in our streets after Joe Biden was elected. Those damn conservatives, how did... What? Okay. Folks, I'm mistaken. That video was from 2016, and that was during the Trump inauguration. So I can understand the Democrats were worried that this would be replicated since that was Democrats in the streets and not Republicans. In fact, Republicans don't do that kind of thing. And what's interesting is during the Capitol Hill riots, a lot of us say, we don't believe it. We don't believe that those were Trump supporters in that office. That maybe, just maybe, they were bad actors or people who have been doing this for the last four years and have become professionals. Now, follow me down this line. If we understand that most of these protesters in BLM and Antifa, and BLM is finding this out, that Antifa has literally turned the BLM movement into a mockery and almost a terrorist group for their actions and their incivility and their destructive behavior, and BLM is now casting Antifa out, who funds them? Who pays for them? Who bankrolls this group? Who provides the bricks? Who provides the Molotov cocktails and the gas masks and the busing into these cities? Well, somebody's surely paying for it. And it could be an endless bankroll of a bunch of Nintendo and Xbox dorks living in their parents' basement, but I seriously doubt it considering they don't have an income whatsoever. This is bankrolled by someone far more nefarious than just a few one-offs. And if they can do that, what makes you believe that they couldn't put some people into the Capitol riots that were there to trump up support, no pun intended, for something more nefarious than a peaceful protest, where we saw about 99.9% of them were peaceful, and we have seen over 600 rallies in four years where they have remained peaceful, minus one altercation with a guy walking up the stairs who got punched by an idiot. But it Trump supporters aren't violent, and they have never been violent, and it's extremely out of character now. This is a very small group of QAnon and others, or possibly other bad actors, and it may not be QAnon. It may not be Proud Boys. At this point, I don't know what to believe, because when I look at some of the things like that, that only resembles one party to me, and that is the left. And it is certainly not the right that I know. Am I saying that there are no bad people in the right? No. Am I saying there's not racism in the right? No. Am I saying there aren't people who want to overthrow the government? No. What I'm saying is it seems out of character and out of sorts. And after today, the only evidence that I have of any destruction that resembled anything close to a riot is this. We will rebuild. That bottle of water could have fed a family of four and kept them hydrated for at least an hour. The travesty and the wanton waste is devastating to our country. I mean, this is it. There's nothing. 25,000 National Guardsmen, thousands of police brought in, snipers on the top of the building, drone support, Air Force, Air National Guard on standby. Nothing happened. Not one rock was thrown not one brick hit a cop. Not one building was demolished or burned. Now, this might change tonight at midnight. It's 747 on the East Coast, and who knows what's going to happen. And I'm not saying that there's not going to be riots and protests. But it almost seems this dangerous Republican Party full of racists who wanted to take over America and destroy our democracy is at home 
watching a football game or hockey or playing a video game or spending time with our families or working. Yes, working, something that escapes 50% of America. There were no riots. And there was some protests, and I'm sure people will get out of hand. But this whole thing of bringing in the National Guard, doesn't it seem convenient that a president who wasn't going to leave quietly and was going to raise ruckus left as quietly as we possibly could imagine, almost with his tail between his legs, as if he lost for the first time in four years? I don't believe in widespread election fraud. I told you what I think. I think it was taken care of in January of last year when mail-in balloting was approved across all 50 states. And we lost the election on that day, and I said it many times. But to say that Donald Trump has violent supporters and that 74 million Americans are anti-American and racist and xenophobic and homophobic There is only one party on record till this day who has done any of those things that they have labeled Trump supporters with and are still going to do it while Biden is in office because Oregon will remain on fire and the inner cities will still kill people exponentially, hundreds, hundreds and thousands, a year and a quarter and a month. So let's stop pretending that this unity trope is actually going to do anything at all. Something else. Lady Gaga. Now, I want to be transparent. You can see she's wearing a beautiful dress, red flowing. It's roughly the size of a ball gown. Black, something felt, something thick in the Washington, D.C. crisp air. A beautiful braid around her hair with black and and blonde. And she looked stunning, I'm not going to lie. Except for the giant pigeon that she found in the courtyard and dipped in gold and slapped on her chest. Essentially, that's not what this is. Lady Gaga received her tribute token uh, in the 124th and 125th Hunger Games today. And of course, I kid. Because we all know that the Hunger Games are full of murdered children, so I kid. She was catching fire up there when she sang. It was fantastic. She wasn't playing Hunger Games with anybody. And it wasn't a ballad of songbirds and snakes. Oh, no. I am sorry. I'm just mockingjaying with her and kidding around. But unknowingly, the pin that became a sign of a rebellion to the Capitol since mockingjays were created after the disastrous experiment with the jabberjays seems a little bit ironic. And if you think I had to read that crap, I did, because I have no idea what I just said. I don't know what a Jabberjay and a Mockingjay is. I looked it up on Google because I realized these books are around. I tried to watch the movie. It took me about five minutes before I seen kids murdered that I said, this just isn't my cup of tea. Let's go watch a movie on abortion and just mellow out a little bit. Listen, I joke with Lady Gaga. And I'm going to show you an amazing video of her tribute to the national anthem. And it was amazing. It was fantastic. And she is a performer. And she is one of the greatest ever. And yes, she's eccentric. And she's strange. But she has a voice of an angel. And although I kid, I find it interesting that she has the symbol of peace on her chest. But the Democrats are showing nothing of peace. In fact, Joe Biden essentially signed 46 executive orders dismantling Donald Trump's work over the last four years. Now, I guess it's 
quid pro quo, or I guess it's fortuitous because Donald Trump did the same thing to Barack Obama. But what you must find interesting is Barack Obama didn't support Joe Biden until about three and a half months till the election, which is the longest standing that any president and former president has ever endorsed the Democratic candidate. And the reason why is because Barack Obama doesn't feel or does feel today that Joe Biden can do the job. And he was holding out for something better, like we all were. And the problem is, is that you guarantee on your bottom dollar that Barack Obama said one thing to Joe Biden. You will reinstate my team. You will finish what we started. You will go ahead and executive order and destroy every one of his policies and put mine back into place and restore my legacy. Or I'm not getting off this damn couch, Joe. And we all know that happened because today the cabinet that Joe Biden has is Obama's cabinet. And all of the executive orders are the beginning of the end for Donald Trump's legacy. And people might be cheering and saying that that's wonderful, including Lady Gaga and all the celebrities that were there. But nonetheless, there is a bigger issue at play here. You guys see it? The, 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 this is Katniss, I guess is her name. Why, why can't they just call her Kat? What's up with Katniss? And why not Mockingbird? What Mockingjay? Is it like just a, a bunch of copious amounts of sex and inbreeding where the DNA split and we start cross-species animals and just completely throw up the KP Kafkas and the kingdom and the phylum and the order and the class and the species and, and, and we have frogs that look like cats in this world? I don't understand. What is a Katniss? I don't understand this movie and I don't understand why people like it. I, I, I get it. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Where, where did it go? Where, where? It's over here. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Some people hate Harry Potter, but at least it's not just like a bunch of like minotaurs and humans sleeping together for a Minahuaman. I don't understand. I'm confused. Anyway, thank God we're done with this. So the next thing we're going to talk about is this flag. Now, this is something I don't have to look up and I can tell you, but I did. I did. I wanted to go through the story of Betsy Ross because this has an ending. Now, the show may be tongue-in-cheek up until this, but this is an important point, and this is where most of my show is going to make most of its point, and unfortunately only took 19 minutes to get here. The Betsy Ross. Now, the story of Betsy Ross might just be a little bit of an apocryphal. It's not really a story that is probably true, but it's beautiful nonetheless, and it's interesting. And I don't know if it is true because I wasn't there, but historians pretty much agree that a lot of this could have just been supposition or filler or apocryphal for that matter. Betsy would often tell her children and grandchildren, relatives and friends of a fateful day late in May of 1776 when three members of a secret committee from the Continental Congress came to call upon her. Those representatives, George Washington, Robert Morris, and George Ross, asked her to sew the first flag for the United States of America. George Washington was then head of the Continental Army. Robert Morris, an owner of the vast amount of land, was perhaps the wealthiest citizen in the colonies. And Colonel George Ross was a respected Philadelphian and also the uncle of her late husband, John Ross. Naturally, Betsy already knew George Ross, and she had married his nephew. Betsy was also acquainted with, the gen with great General Washington. They sat together in church right across the pew from each other. Um, and then he was also in her house for, for after church and things to that effect. In June 76, Betsy was a widow struggling to run her own upholstery business. Upholsters in colonial America not only worked on furniture, but did all manner of sewing work, which included flags. According to Betsy, General Washington showed her a rough design of the flag that included a six-pointed star. 
On January 1st, 1776, the Continental Army was reorganized in accordance with a congressional resolution which placed American forces under George Washington. On that New Year's Day, the Continental Army was laying siege to Boston, which had been taken over by the British Army. This is a really cool story. Washington ordered the Grand Union flag hoisted above Prospect Hill. And I thought I had a flag picture of that. Essentially, it looked like the British Union Jack inside where the 13 stars are. So it looked very similar to the English flag. So imagine the the British Union Jack inside where the 13 stars are and no 13 stars. And it looks like a English rule flag. So at that time, the loyalist supporters of Britain had been circulating a recent King George speech offering continental forces to lay down their arms and surrender. The loyalists mistook the flying Grand Union flag, which looked like the Eng- look, which looked like the English flag, over Prospect Hill as a sign of respect to King George and the acceptance of their terms. And by doing so, George Washington said, "Well, we have kind of a conundrum here. This is interesting." And he wrote down on January 4th, by this time, I presume they begin to think it strange. We have not made a formal surrender of our lines as they took the flag that they flew to recognize the United States to uh, to be an act of surrender. So George Washington knew they needed to go ahead and commission a, a creation of a new flag. According to Betsy Ross's dates and sequence of events, in May, the Congressional Committee called upon her at her shop. She finished the flag either in late May or early June in 1776. In July, the Declaration of Independence was read aloud for the first time at Independence Hall. Amid celebration, bells throughout the city had tolled, heralding the birth of a new nation. Much suffering and loss of life would result, however, because the United States would completely sever ties with Britain. Betsy herself lost two husbands to the Revolutionary War. During the conflict, the British appropriated her house to lodge soldiers, which is interesting. One of our amendments come from there. Through it all, she managed to run her own upholstery business, which she continued operating for several decades after the war. And after the soldiers left, she wove cloth pouches, which were used to hold gunpowder for the Continentals. On June 14, 1777, the Continental Congress, seeking to promote national pride and unity, adopted the national flag, resolved that the flag of the United States be 13 stripes across, alternate red and white, and that the Union be 13 stars, white, in a blue field, representing a new constellation. Now, there are some things about this flag that are interesting. I have a long history with this flag. I had this flag outside of our house for 4th of July. I have had clothing that has this on it. I actually sold these flags at Flags of Valor. And I have a very large sense of pride when it comes to the Betsy Ross because of the history that it presents. But somehow this flag has turned to resemble racism and oppression as the other two flags that are behind me right now, the Joiner Die and the Gadsden. And even the Texas flag has been claimed to be racist. There are others. There's the Serpent, which is the Navy flag, and several other flags that are also banned, including the uh, the the... the the flag of Dixie, which is the stars and bars. Now, I understand that people have their ideas about each of these flags, and I do too, but the Betsy Ross flag does not resemble anything other than the 13 original colonies and then what the colors represent on the flag, which I've covered many times. But somehow, Colin Kaepernick has decided that this was 100% a problem for our country. Colin Kaepernick decided that he was going ahead and make a stink about this. And what he said was, is on this ad, and this was about two Nike shoes that had the Betsy Ross on the back of the heel embroidered. And Kaepernick, who had just signed a lucrative contract and taken a knee disrespecting our flag, said, 
that this is racist and that these flags resemble hatred. And on this ad and commercial, he says, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And I'm still wondering what exactly he did sacrifice by making more money than he ever would have been being a third-string quarterback in Europe. He didn't have the talent to be a first-string, and his career was essentially over. And after he took a knee, he was never going to play in the NFL again, and that is a good thing. His Nike contract guarantees him more money than he would ever see in the NFL, or at least until he receives his inheritance from his white adopted parents. You see, Colin Kaepernick is what they call a social justice warrior, virtue signaler. He doesn't believe in what he says, and he claims racism, and he claims that he has had been oppressed most of his life, and he very well may have been, but certainly not because of the Betsy Ross. He says that the police have treated him that way, and I don't know any police force in the United States who has a Betsy Ross on their uniform. In fact, this is usually left for people who either reenact colonial times or battles between England and the United States, or, yes, some Nazis and jerks and people who believe in white pride have grabbed this flag and anything else they can. But they, once again, don't get to define this flag. They don't get to decide what it stands for because George President George Washington and General Washington decided what it meant a long time ago. And just because you're an idiot doesn't mean you get to go ahead and speak for the flag that has more history than all of us sitting on this planet today. The Betsy Ross is a beautiful part of our history. It is a beautiful story, but it is being challenged and ripped apart by the left, just like Columbus and just like every single person who we hold sacred in our history today. The real question is, is where is the liberal outrage from some of the things that I saw today? And this is extremely interesting. This is a picture of the inauguration. And the funny thing is, and why do I bring up the 13 stars? Because, folks, what you're going to see behind here is probably one of the biggest ironic and dumb things I have seen from the beginning of a presidency that promised us unity and promised us that we would be one again that we would stop the hatred and the division. But as you can see, there is no social distancing here. The only person who is social distancing is the photographer. As they went and celebrated, spending $500 million on this inauguration, as none of them wore masks while they sang and they spoke and they gave speeches, which I wouldn't expect them to because that's really dumb. But they've been yelling at us for years now. Years that we have to fall in line and listen and disagree, or excuse me, agree that the Betsy Ross is racist and that the don't tread on me is racist and that Americans, essentially half of us, are racist and xenophobic and Islamophobic and homophobic. And if we don't agree, we are part of the problem and we no longer have the right to speak and we have no longer have the right to decide if we can go out in public and, and take the risk to run our businesses, that we are impetulant children who deserve to be slapped and garnished with favor that is only upon a lollipop or a once in a while a thumbs up or a pat on the back that we've listened properly. It's unfortunate, and it's absolutely crap when they are asking for unity and then immediately do this. When I saw this, I just thought COVID was over. I guess that didn't last as long as I thought it would. And then I zoomed in, and a good friend of mine, Mike, showed me this as well. Now, the thing about it is I understand where these flags come from. These flags have been added over the generations and the transitions of our flag. And they have been at every inauguration. And they were going to be there today. 
But I find it interesting that the hypocrisy from the left tells us that we can't fly this flag unless we are to be considered racist, but they can have two Betsy Rosses hanging from our nation's capital and our capital building, and none of them made an outcry of anger. No media station demanded that he be taken down, and Colin Kaepernick was nowhere to be found because he was more than likely doing something more important than being a social justice warrior, like counting his $90 million contract with Nike. Where is the outrage for the 13-star flag? Tom Hanks, Justin Timberlake, Gaga, J-Lo, Eva Longoria were some of the most ardent supporters of social distancing. In fact, Tom Hanks got COVID and started this show because I made a comment that he was going to get a cold and a friend didn't like it. But where are the super spreaders? Where are the masks? Where are the social distancing? I didn't see any on those on those performers. Like I said, this just goes to show that they call for unity. They call for togetherness and lie through their teeth. And they sure do set themselves apart from the truth very quickly. And as soon as Donald Trump is gone, the insurrection stops, COVID is no longer concern, and we are in a peaceful, prosperous transfer of power, and America is now great again, simply because Donald Trump is gone. It'll be interesting when a true liberty revolution takes place, and what it will mean is, is it will not feel like the end of the world when a candidate loses because the federal government won't have so much control in our life. I will absolutely relish and be so excited for the day when we don't hang our hopes and dreams on one person who has no idea how to fulfill our hopes and dreams. I can't wait for the day when we stop blaming each other and I look at Facebook and I look at my website and people are arguing already. I understand we're getting bigger and more opinions are more vast and new people are coming in, but this isn't the place. I don't want my show to be about that. I make fun of everyone equally so you don't have to. I pick out the irony in everything. But I don't hate Democrats, and I don't hate Joe Biden, and I certainly don't hate Vice President Kamala Harris, even though I'll make fun of her for the next four years, and Joe Biden, but I also made fun of President Trump. I would ask that we just have a little more civility, that we don't hang our hopes and dreams on somebody. We hang our hopes and dreams on each other, because that is a a betting odd that I can get behind. Because when it comes to the American people, we don't lose. And during our biggest moments of crisis, we stand together united. And even though it might sound hokey and corny, it is the truth. Look at Hurricane Harvey. Look at 9-11. Even look at the insurrection. Our nation calmed down on purpose. People stopped for a bit and paused, even though our politicians didn't. And the vitriol and the acidic language continued. Americans said, this is crazy and it needs to stop. And now it is time for us to stop. And I don't care if you like Joe Biden. I don't care if you like Democrats. But we must stop fighting each other because the thing is, it is cyclical. And it will never end unless we truly realize that it's not the president that controls who we are. It's ourselves. And we can keep passing the buck and blaming the administration after administration. When truly, if we would look in the mirror, we are realizing that we are manifesting our own destiny. And it has nothing to do with the president of the United States, or the government that we give too much respect and power to over our lives. Folks, that's it for my show. I'm going to play a beautiful outro by Lady Gaga. I would ask that you watch it, and then I'm going to end with a thing that I always end before I leave, which is 
the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Do me a favor. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It's too many. They need your help. If you recognize a veteran struggling, please pick up the phone. Call them. If you can't do that, you can call me and I'll help you make that call. If I got to fly out somewhere and talk to somebody, I will. Every veteran is important and we need to help them and we need to take care of them. They did that for so long for all of us. If you cannot make that call, go to www.dontunfriendme.com and please let me know, not that one, that one, dontunfriendme.com, and you can click the VCL link and it'll take you to a Skype call directly to Veteran Crisis Hotline. And if you are a civilian, you can also call that. It's not just for veterans. And I wanted to let you know that tonight. Folks, going out with Lady Gaga, a beautiful rendition. Don't turn it off. Don't be that person. If you don't like her, has nothing to do with her beautiful voice. And she gives our country honor and respect and sings it just about better than I've heard in the last few years. Enjoy. Oh. Oh, where did it go? Hold on. Hold on. I had it, and it disappeared. Bum, 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 bum. Here it is. That was a good save. Lady Gaga. Ladies and gentlemen, here for the singing of our national anthem, accompanied by the president's own United States Marine Band, please welcome Lady Gaga.
God bless America. You got to see my hat head. We always stand for it. We always take our hats off. I'm running a show, so it was kind of hard to do the standing part. But still, respecting our country is fantastic. One more thing. For those who stayed, it's kind of like the end credits of a Marvel movie, folks. The one thing I forgot to talk about, Troy, there's a pink jersey waiting for you, my friend. Donald Trump did not overtake and win the election. It is time for us to concede, and I cannot wait for you to see the greatest team in hockey history is waiting for you. That pink is going to go beautifully with your eyes. Folks, have a wonderful day. Troy, I'm just being hard on you, and I hope everyone stuck around for that final part of Don't Unfriend Me. We'll see you tomorrow for episode 88. It'll be a good one. Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash stillpoint